0: Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Harvest Renewal Church on this beautiful Sunday morning. Going to do this a little differently today. If you are a student and you are here for the first time, would you please stand up if you're a student here for the first time? Thank you. Look at that. welcome 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 please keep standing we have a bag that we want to give to you we would love to bless you with that welcome to richmond virginia vcu wherever you are and welcome to harvest renewal church we just have something that we would like to give to each and every one of you welcome all the students it's so nice having you here thank you guys And then if you are not a student, but you are here for the very, very first time, would you raise your hands, please? There we go, welcome, welcome, welcome. (laughs) Keep them raised and we'll get a bag out to you. To everyone who received a bag, there's a white card in that bag, if you wouldn't mind filling in your information on, on that card. And later, when the offering bag goes around, if you will just put that card in there with your information on that, it would be wonderful. But thank you so much for coming out. We really appreciate and enjoy having you here with us. So thank you for joining us very much. Right, Pastor Doug, shall we continue? Take a rifle. If, uh,
1: if, if anybody's in the back, you need a seat. Well, you get front row today, okay? That's what happens when you're a little bit late. You get put on the front row. So come on up here if you're here. Welcome, everybody. So good to see you this morning. And uh, uh, I'm Pastor Doug, if I could remember that. And I'm the senior pastor here. Hey, Sean. Come on, buddy. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, one thing that... Um, I love about our church is that we are, we're multi, we're multi-generational. We're multi ethnicities. We were multi cultural here. And, uh, we are going to be, uh, doing something here that, uh, kind of illustrates that a little bit. We're going to have a baby dedication here this morning with two precious little ones, one born of South African parents, one born of Chinese parents. And so it's really cool. You know, God says that children are a gift. That really is so true. You know, uh, we have three gifts that are are much older now, but they still are a gift, really are. And, uh, you know, God says that uh, I believe that children are more valuable, valuable than fortune and fame or whatever it is to to be able to have a child and to raise them up in the way of the Lord and to see God do powerful things in a, in the lives of our children it's nothing like it nothing like it and we love to at the beginning of their life for our parents to just say we're going to dedicate our children unto the Lord and we're in, we're our heart is the purpose to to raise them to their bent and to, to which way they they should go and we're going to train them and raise them up in that and we as a church We stand and we say, listen, we're behind you. And we're gonna, we're gonna, it's a joy to be a part of the influence into your child. So I'm gonna ask the skittas to come up here. And let's see here, rifle. Let's move this out of the way for a minute, buddy. Ask the skittas to come up here. Hey, buddy. This is John. This is Talita. This is little Isabel Ann. She is precious this morning. Hey sweetheart. Hey. And then uh John's parents are with us. Why don't y'all stand up and just want to welcome you? They uh are here from South Africa. Amen. And then I want to want the G family to come up here. This is G and Janet. They have, they have, uh, they, they have a lot of gifts. <laughs> These guys took that word, be fruitful and multiply really well. are really proud of them, you know. But this is uh, Jessica, where is, there you go. Hey, sweetheart. Jessica, Missing, Missing, oh, uh gee, hey, sweetheart. She's got her gator shoes on there. She's ready to go. And uh, it's a really a joy to be able to just to pray together, to recognize these guys, and to celebrate with them uh, the dedication of their children, and uh, and be we as a body to be able to just say amen and rejoice in that and be a part of that. And so I'm going to let Jan here, but I don't know if you have anything that you want to say or say over, Isabel, and then let G... It's, it's the there you go, wise move, wise move, buddy <laughs> okay
2: um, all right i 'm going to try and keep this short because I only have two minutes, um, but i was just i wasn 't planning on saying anything, and then last night I just read isaiah um, sixty one three again um, I know we have been dealing with it in the church for a while, beauty to ashes, and I just want to tell you guys that my first pregnancy, I thought was hard, but it wasn't. Every time we went to the doctor, the doctor said, oh, great baby, big, strong. And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we can make babies. You know, we've got big children. <laughs> then this one came along. We went to the doctor. The doctor said, uh, we shouldn't be too concerned, but she's small. She's not measuring right. We'll have to see what's happening. So me and Jan go home. We pray. We command the baby to grow. We beg God. We do everything that we know how to do. We go back, doctor said, great, baby is is the right size, but the heartbeat, something's not quite right with the heartbeat. Um, It's skipping beats, it's not in the rhythm. Me and Jan go back, we pray, we command, we beg, we cry. (laughs) We go back to the doctor, heartbeat's perfect. Amniotic fluid is very low. Doctor said, maybe we should get the baby out earlier. Um, She'll probably be in ICU. Let's see what happens. We're like, okay, go back. (laughs) We beg, come on, do whatever we can. Come back, everything's perfect. She was born one week early. Beautiful, healthy, heartbeat, everything's right. (laughs) So, um, and I, so in that, I just, I just want to encourage you guys that if you are in a place of the desert or you are in a pregnancy area and you're waiting and you're begging and you're commanding and you're believing for stuff and it's not working, there's nothing you can do. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, as a mother, I couldn't change anything in my baby while she was in me. I couldn't, I could eat healthy. I could sleep, but that's about all I could do. The rest is up to God. So, let it go. Let God do his work. Once the birthing process came, full nine months, and the baby's birth, then the blessing is there, and the abundance is there, and just, just keep on going, yeah.
1: That's awesome. G? She's ready to, to walk there, huh?
3: Uh, yeah, I love their uh, South Africa accent. It's beautiful. Now I'm giving a Chinese accent. <laughs> uh, um, before before she was born, actually before even she, uh, my wife pregnant, uh, Janet has a, had a dream from God uh, because when at that time we had a three already. She doesn't want any more. But uh, one, <laughs> I believe people who are laughing knows what she feels. So... Uh, she, but one night, she got a dream from God. She, we will have another one. She struggling for two weeks, you know. Eventually, she obeyed, and we had this beautiful girl. And before she was born, I received um, the message from God. said, uh, name her Jessica, and she will be the dessert of my dinner. Sweet and make me satisfied. So the satisfied is... Uh, <laughs> The satisfied has a special meaning for me because I'm from China and uh, um, I came to U.S. 18 years ago when I was 26. Some of you may be confused uh, of two numbers. Don't worry. So <laughs> 18 years ago I came when I was 26. So if I didn't come to U.S. being blessed by God, I would probably would never know God, know Jesus in China. I would never have more than one child. Now I got a four I'm very satisfied. He's good. Thank you.
1: So Jessica is your little cupcake, right? There you go. There you go. See, say cupcake. She's like, where, where, where. Well, we're gonna. I want everybody to stand up, if you would. Rifle and myself are gonna pray. And we're going to anoint these precious children, dedicate them to the Lord here. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity of honoring these gifts that are from the Lord. Father, I just anoint Isabel Ann now in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you, Lord God, for Jessica G., Father, and we anoint her, Father, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Lord. We thank you today that we stand in unity of this dedication, that they belong to you. Father, as parents, as grandparents, as friends, Father, we thank you that, God, we stand with the parents today. And we thank you, God, for your wonderful, wonderful plans over these precious children. God, you say, Lord God, for I know the plans that I have for you, plans of good and plans to prosper you and bless you. And, Father, we speak that, God, over Isabel. We speak that over Jessica, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, the fulfillment of the plans of the Lord over their life. We give you praise.
0: Father, we just thank you that as a people today we can see something that was even before Adam and Eve walked in the Garden of Eden. These kids were in you. They come from you. From the inside of God, they came. And you have made a perfect path for them. Your word says in Ephesians 2, verse 10, Lord, that you have already made a perfect path for them. For they are the workmanship of your hands. So we just decree, Lord, that the parents have the wisdom, the patience, the knowledge, the understanding, the will, the desire, the grace to raise up these kids in the way that they should go, so that they shall never, ever depart from that. I thank you, Lord, that these kids will see miracles in their homes. They will see the hand of God wherever they go, so that when someone would want to come and lie and say that God is not real, that they would say, no, I have seen him, I know him in my own home. He is real. And he is the one who leads and directs me. So we just pray a blessing over the family, Lord, the fathers, the the heads of the homes, Lord, as they walk in the word. And as the anointing flows from the head down, the anointing that is upon them and the anointing that they carry, that it would go into each one of these children. Father, these are women. We decree today, I bless them in the name of Jesus with the man that you have set aside for them, that they would walk in that, Lord, that they would not be drawn to anything less than your perfect, perfect match for them, that the world and the desires of the world, Lord, would not pull on them because they have one desire which is so much greater, and that is to please Abba Father. So we just bless them, Lord, even right now with a perfect partner that they would wait until the time that you say it is now your time to be joined to another. We bless them, Father, with that. We bless these families, Lord, and we just bless this day. What an amazing opportunity to just be joyous and see more people saying these kids are from you and we give them back to you today to have your will and your way done in them. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right.
1: Okay. We just got a few things we want to share with you. Uh, Thomas, can you bring the pulpit back over here? Great. All right. Excited this morning that our campus pastor, Artem, is going to be ministering. Artem is the uh, pastor over our campus ministry. And st- if you're a student here this morning and you're looking for something to get involved in, we want to encourage you. I'm sure our team will will share just a little bit about it, about Campus Transformed, and uh, and it's the uh, ministry that comes out of our church to the VCU campus area and campuses beyond. And uh, we want you to know what's happening with that. Uh, we, we're going to pass around a sign-up sheet here in just a few minutes that if you're a college student and you'd like to get more information to know more about the campus ministry here, put your name down, email address, and phone number, whatever, and and our Tim or Jackie will get a hold of you. And uh, but we're excited to have our students back, and students bring more students, and uh, that we will make room somehow. We will make room. So a uh, couple of things I want to share with you. One thing that's getting started up in a in a week or so is our school and ministry that we have here. It's our Supernatural School of Ministry that we work in conjunction or in association with the Bethel School of Ministry out in Redding, California. And where is uh, where's my Hopham family? Come on up here, David. And uh, David's going to just share a little bit about that. Uh, if you're interested in that, uh, there is also a place on the sign-up sheet for you to indicate your interest, and we want you to come out and check it out, okay? We're
4: going to start off with...
5: With
1: a testimony from Greg.
5: Guys, I, I have to say, you know, I, I started attending this school of ministry, I don't know, in the very beginning. And I sat there, I'm like, wow, this is going to be great. It's going to fill up my night on Tuesdays. You know, it's going to be awesome videos. Little did I know Jehovah Sneaky <laughs> was going to be doing what he intended to do, right? Because part of the school of ministry is going out and doing things like treasure hunts and, and helping other people and stuff, but God was doing something in me through this school. And he was showing me that I didn't have any value in myself. I didn't see myself as valuable, which is why I didn't really want to go out and tell other people about Jesus. And so for about two years, you know, the Lord worked on me. And he and He began to instill, because one of the main themes at uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry is your core, your value, right? And how you see yourself. And the, most people don't get it. They're self-deceived. If, if they don't realize they're loved... They can't love anyone else, and then when you go out and speak to other people, whether it's just day-to-day at your jobs or what, you, you're not genuine. And so Jesus makes you genuine. He does that from the inside out. So anyways, just as one quick testimony, you know, Jehovah's Sneaky again. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm After the school of ministry, one day I'm at Shore Pump Mall coming out of REI, and uh, as soon as I walk out of the door, Jesus says to me in my heart, you know, I didn't hear a voice, but I knew on the inside, he's like, I have something for you. And I look outside my car is trapped in the parking space. And there's a big pickup truck stuck in front of my car. And and my first thing is I'm trying every way possible to go around this car with my little car, right? I'm trying to divert this car because I'm thinking, okay, I've got to interact with someone in this car. So I walk up to the lady who's trapping me into the parking lot space and she says, my car, it's, it's running, but it won't go into drive. I'm like... Okay, Lord. And I knew what he wanted me to do. He wanted me to put my hands on the vehicle and command it to go. I mean, you know, he does it from the inside, right? So I said, lady, you know, this sounds crazy, but, you know, I believe God wants to help out in this situation. So I'm going to pray for your car and Jesus is going to fix this car. And I said, okay, I put my hands on that car, commanded it to go and drive. But nothing happened. I'm like, okay. I said, you know what, ma'am? God's good i just just in the Lord. And I got in my car, and the next car over drove away so I could get out. Well, I only moved a few feet to another parking lot space up by Whole Foods. And here comes this lady in that car, in that big pickup truck. And her truck went from being stuck to drive. And she drives past me. She's like, hey. And I'm like, praise God, you know. The point is, some of you realize or are going to realize how much you need a different identity in your core's. You need to know how loved you are so that you can be valuable to other people. And so that's what the School of Supernatural Ministry has done for me. And then with Doug and Cindy Loving on me, topping it off, it's been amazing.
4: In a nutshell, he pretty much shared what I was going to share. I mean, we're ambassadors here on earth from another kingdom, right? And an ambassador, there's 195 nations recognized by the U.S., Over 100 nations represented here at VCU. How many of you are from a different nation? You go to VCU. How many of you are from a different nation anyway? (laughs) But we're ambassadors, and we have to know the agenda of our kingdom. An ambassador represents their home nation. They're supported by their home nation. If we seek first his kingdom, what does he do? He gives us everything we need, right? And we're protected. Our security comes from our home nation our kingdom is heaven, right? And when the, when the disciples ask Jesus, how do we pray? He says, you pray. Your kingdom come, Father, on earth just as it is in heaven. So we have to know what it's like in heaven to bring that kingdom down. The school gives us that grounding. It teaches us how Jesus lived, what he taught, and it also gives us the ability, the opportunities to be imparted to, to go out on treasure hunts, to go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons, And and Jesus said, it doesn't matter what you do in your life. Whatever you're studying in school, whatever you want to do, what's in your heart? Just heal the sick, cast out demons, and raise the dead. And live the lifestyle of Jesus. Come to the school if you can. It's on Tuesday nights at 630. We have um, child care for the first year. So if you have children and you're worried about them, come here and uh, we'll do that. It's $30 for a single $50 $50 for a couple, and students, I believe there's a discount, right? There's, there's a discount for students also. If, yeah. if you're a full-time student, $20 for students, all right? And that's for a six-week session, all right? They're broken into little semesters. Every six weeks, we start a new section, and uh, we'd love to have you. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. So we are beginning that the first Tuesday after Labor Day. And, uh, David and Debbie Halcombe are our directors over our School of Ministry. Excited. And we actually have three years of the School of Ministry. That's, that's, it's just have developed. But for you to step in the, the first year, the first night is sort of an open house night to come to check it out and, uh, and hopefully that you'd love to be a part of it. All right. Real quickly here. Um, before, where's um, Manuel at? Manuel, oh, there you go. Why don't you come on up here, buddy? Pastor Manuel. Yay. Manuel is going to take up our offering and share something uh, that's been going on really exciting. But I just want to let you know that um, that we're starting a brand new sermon series beginning next week with Pastor Rifle. And it's called Living a Powerful Life. And, um, so it'll be through the month of September, October, and November. We are focusing on how to live a powerful life. And, uh, so I think it's gonna be a great time. You don't wanna miss it. It's gonna be wonderful. I wanna go ahead and pass around our sign up sheets, uh, that if you're interested in knowing more about a campus ministry, you wanna be a part of the, the school of ministry, and you want to, um, also, uh, we have a ministry here that, that is we call it our family care ministry and uh, people that are maybe going through a difficult time or they've just had a baby and we supply meals that helps the people, and we need people that would like to be a part of that. Maybe you would like to prepare a meal or something like that for someone, and uh, if, you, if you're interested in that type of ministry, that type of uh, being able to do that, please put your name and email down. And Ben, go ahead. You could you can uh, fix those corn dogs and uh, and everything. Okay. All
6: right, Manny. All right. Yeah. All right. Um. You go, Pastor. Yeah. All right. Well, how, how many know we have a new website? How many have checked out the new website? Amen. Amen. Well, this is a little screenshot from the uh, mobile uh, site. So uh, go ahead, take out your phones and get into harvestrenewal.org. Just do it really quick. Harvestrenewal.org. Put it in there. And anybody knows how to save something to your home screen, just go to the bottom of your app there and save it to your home screen because it will save to your home screen. It's full mobile responsive. The reason why I'm saying this is because our giving app is awesome. So you have to take a look at that. Go to giving page, and if you're here and we're in the time of giving and you don't have a check or you don't have cash, you can go ahead right there while we're doing that. Get on there. You have to do a sign in once. If you have a Facebook, how many here have Facebook? We have a Facebook page. How many here have Instagram? We have an Instagram page. We have a Twitter page. Amen. So I want us to get involved with all that stuff. Another thing that you can do on the website is at the bottom of the homepage, you can sign up for Harvest Happenings. Now, you might say, well, I didn't know that was happening this week. Well, I didn't know that was supposed to happen. I didn't know. If you sign up for Harvest Happenings, you'll know everything that's going to happen this week and the next week after that. Amen? So you just sign up for Harvest Happenings. You can sign up on there real quick. Just put your email, submit it. We'll get it, and we'll make sure that you get a Harvest Happenings. Amen? So that is the gist of the website. It's still in transition. It's in works. So we're still working on several things, you know. So if you see several things that are in there and you want to email us, you can do that too. You just go to the contact page and let us know. Amen? So if you do not have a check or cash, you can go to the giving side of that app, right? And we're about to get into the giving. Go to the next slide. So here, I, so I thought this was an awesome translation of Luke six thirty-eight, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. It says, give and you will receive. And it says, your gift will return to you in full. Press down, shaken together to make room for more. Running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Amen. That's a great translation of that. Uh, The original translation says, give and it shall be given unto you, pressed down, shaken together, shall man give unto your bosom. Amen. So that translation comes from an old robe, these robes the Jewish men used to wear. They used to have a little pocket right here in their chest area where they would hold all their uh, shekels or whatever it was, their money that they had there, and they they would just hold it there. And so when it was time to pay something, they would go into their robe and pull it out, pay it up. So the way they would uh, fit all of that, because, you know, the money back then wasn't just paper. It was a lot of coins. They would have to take it, stuff it in there, and shake it up. So like that, everything will fit, you know. So if they had a lot of money, they would shake it up, make sure it was done. So this is what Then they'd press it down and shake it up again. And that's how it would go. So when, when this, this, Jesus was saying this. This is what he was referring to. So it said, and your gift will return to you, pressed down, shaken together. Amen? I'm glad that it's talking about the return that we get there and not about what we're putting into ourselves, but the return we get when we put into the kingdom. Amen? So I'm going to encourage us today to put into the kingdom and let God give you the return. Amen? So if everybody's ready to give, we go ahead and pass out our our offering. Yes. Also, we have a special offering that we do on the third Sundays, but because we had the family picnic, we're going to move that to this Sunday, and that's called the benevolence offering. How many know what benevolence means? That means that we help others, amen, and we help others. So we have a special need in the house, and we're going to help that person today. And so what we do is we give towards that ministry, the benevolence ministry today. So if you do have your tithe and offering offering, I I encourage you to set aside something for benevolence too. Amen? Amen. There's a testimony in the Bible about a man who gave towards the church in benevolence. His name was Cornelius. And Cornelius, because he was giving, he wasn't saved yet, but because he was giving towards that area, guess what happened? An angel visited him, and then an angel encouraged. Also, God spoke to Peter to come and visit him, and his whole house was saved because of that. So I'm encouraging you. To give that extra to benevolence today and let God use your money to help somebody else. Amen? God bless you. Yeah. Well, Heavenly Father, we thank you for every gift that's being received here today. So I just ask right now, Lord, that everything that is being released from our hands is being put into your hands. And we thank you that there is a return we thank you that, Lord, that you said that some will receive 30-fold, some 60-fold, and some 100-fold. We thank you for 100-fold in this house. And every person that gives, Lord, we receive right now into your kingdom and into your hands. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Amen. All right.
1: While we're receiving our uh, offering this morning, thank you so much for giving. Um, just want to just i just want to say something as a senior pastor how how amazed i am continually of our staff here how great they are um got faith downstairs ministering to our children right now she's amazing you know vicky in the office now uh doing our office work bookkeeping work she's amazing our pastoral team pastor rifle and uh Pastor Manny here, Pastor Manuel, and then Pastor Artem. and so we are. You know, I was just thinking about our three pastors: South African, Puerto Rican, <laughs> Ukrainian, Russian, all of the above, something like that, and uh, and that's that's the main. And South Carolinian, man, that's. In some places of South Carolina, it's like being in another nation. I'll tell you that. So, um, but I'm thrilled today that uh, Pastor Artem is going to be ministering, and uh, Pastor Artem has been with us uh, on staff for a year uh, as our campus director, and uh, just uh, this past summer, we 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 placed him in as one of the pastors on staff here, and one of the elders on staff, and we're grateful for you my friend you and jackie and i uh, love you so much so come on up here let's welcome pastor artem
7: thank you lord good morning guys so offering already passed what i'd love to do just as we were praying this morning there was there was just some heavy expectation this morning as we were praying before the service. And I'm just, I'm just expecting God to move. Did you come expecting God to move this morning? So what I'd love to do as we sang about it, what I'd love to do before we just get in a hurry and get to teaching is I would love to just pause. And I would love to just honor the king in his presence. Can we do that this morning? So if you don't mind to just, just be still and, and would you just close your eyes? would Would you just get in a position of just worship? Would you just get in a position, we sang, we said, all honor to your name this morning. So before we go, would you just, would you just welcome him in your heart? Oh, we just welcome your presence this morning. We are just so in awe of your presence and who you are, God. God, we have no agenda here this morning other than loving you and knowing you and looking more like you. We thank you, Father, that our feet have brought us here. We thank you, Father, For our ears that hear, God, and our eyes that see. We thank you for the cross this morning, God. May we never forget the cost. We don't just treat it as a casual thing, Lord. The blood, Lord, the nails, the body broken, we remember that this morning. We say all honor to your name this morning. All glory to your name, your majesty. You're worthy of our attention. You're worthy of our life. You're worthy of our Sunday morning, God. And we bless the name of Jesus, and we pray that that name, that the name of Jesus will be glorified in us and among us, God. May we walk worthy of you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your truth that transforms, it's the truth that sets us free this morning. So we look to you, Father. Turn our eyes and our heart to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. We just just honor his presence. Just acknowledge his presence. So, as if you read in the bulletin, um, you know, when Jesus walked the earth, the Bible repeatedly says that he would teach, he would preach, and he would heal. And... Great crowds came and blind and lame and crippled and and Jesus healed them all and people were amazed. And the Bible declares that Jesus Christ is the same today. He's the same. And so our expectation this morning in light of that is we're expecting the risen Lord to do again what he did when he was on the earth. Does that make sense? And so we see, so I see that Jesus would go and he would preach and he would teach and he would heal. And, man, we've done a really good job at, at speaking and at preaching. And there's some gifted speakers and writers. And, and that's huge and that's wonderful. We've done a great job at preaching salvation and, and, and all of that. But there's this other side in our church. We contend for that. Monday nights we pray for that. That we expect not just part of this Bible to be true. We believe Every part of this Bible is true. And so if that's the case, then the same God that forgives sins is the same God that heals bodies. And so this morning, my assignment is to look at some foundational things that hopefully every one of you are just aware of and are rooted and grounded in. I want to stir that back up inside of us. We're going to hear a little testimony this morning about just God as a healer. We sang that he's good, and, you know, honestly, on any given Sunday, if I asked... A show of hands of how many people have pain in their body, have sickness, are on some kind of medication, have something, and lots of your hands would be up. And so, if we believe this Bible, then we believe that uh, at least this church, we believe according to the Scripture that it's God's will to heal us, for us to walk in wholeness. And so, we're going to restir that a little bit, and then and then we'll just see where the Lord takes us. Amen. So let me do this. Let me. Let me just lay a quick foundation of things we should already know, we should already be rooted and grounded in. But the Bible says, Peter says, Paul says that it's, it's not grievous to say the same thing, to remind you. It's actually safe lest we let those things slip. Okay? So hear and be healed is, is kind of the, the name of our sermon this morning. And you see this happening in two verses, uh, in in Luke chapter 5 and Luke chapter 6, and and hear the word of the Lord. So Luke 5 says, The news about him spread all the more, so that crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. Now look at the next chapter. He went down with them, stood on a level place. A large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from Judea, Jerusalem, the coastal region, Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him, and to be healed of their diseases, so I have something I call the law of twice mention." And so anytime you see the same thing being mentioned over and over in scripture, God's really trying to get our attention. And so here you see in two chapters the same phrase: "They came to hear and to be healed." Why is that important? Our next verse, one everyone should know, is, "Faith comes not by praying, not by begging." But it comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of the king, by hearing the word of the covenant. And so as you hear the word of the covenant, the word that God has sworn to do and accomplish in your life, that's when faith arises. And so they came to hear him teach the covenant and to receive the promise and the provision of the covenant, which was healing. Okay, basic stuff. Look at the next verse. Now, this is Jesus' mission statement on this earth. He says, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. Jesus didn't live one day on this earth for himself. Why do we? The Bible says, Jesus said, as I have been sent, I send you. Romans eight twenty nine says our destiny is to look like Jesus. So many other verses. And so Jesus' mission statement is to do the will of him who sent him. And the same call and commission is to you and I, that our purpose on this earth is to do the will of him who saved us and who birthed us and who loved us and who redeemed us. Thank you so much, sir. Right? And so, so we're looking at this. What was the will of Of the Father who sent Jesus. Next verse please. Acts 10. God the Father anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. What you're looking at here is one among many different verses that clearly articulate why Jesus came. In this particular verse, it seems to me to say that God the Father empowered and commissioned and endued Jesus with power to heal. Do you see it? It was the Father's will to heal men's bodies as well as men's souls. And so basic stuff, God the Father wanted people well. Here's the next point. No, no, let's stay on that verse. Acts 38, Acts 10, 38. So watch this. Next point. The Bible says that Jesus went around doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Very important. Man, If this is a point that I hope you catch this morning. The Bible says that all the people Jesus healed were oppressed by the devil. Look very closely. Healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So sickness, disease, pain, death comes from the devil. So many verses, John 10.10, 10, Jesus says that the thief comes, talking about the devil, to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to bring life. So very important, something you and I have to settle in our hearts is that God's will is to heal men, and Satan's will is to kill and destroy with sickness, disease, and sin. Have to settle that. Now, it sounds like, yeah, that's, that should, yeah, we get that. But if we truly got that and we really walked in that revelation, sickness, disease, and pain should have no right in our bodies. Now, we're growing. All of us are growing. But what we're doing is we're looking at the standard, we're looking at the truth. What did he say? What did he call us to? Amen? So, very important, Jesus came to heal all those oppressed. By the devil, according to your Bible, um, one thing I wrote down is that, as I was meditating i 've had trouble in this area in my life where I saw this and I contended for it, I would pray, and as I would see some results and not see some results, you know i 've prayed for people and they 've died i don 't mean there literally, but they had cancer and so on and and, and if, and if you 're not careful you 'll let life you 'll let experiences you let faith failures determine your theology instead of Jesus. And that's what I did. Because I based who he was and what he does on what I saw, I backed away. I didn't know why. And so the danger is if you, we, we cannot let life and circumstance and faith failures determine our theology. Jesus must be our theology. See, the Bible says that no man has ever seen God. This is John 1.18. But the son who came from this bosom has come to reveal him. So many verses, Hebrews 1, Colossians 1 say that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Want to see what God's like? Look at Jesus. John 14, Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So what did you see in Jesus' life? Did you ever see him when men wanted to touch him to say, get off me? No, it's not the Father's will. They would bring so many crowds. I mean, whole crowds would be there touching him, or he would be praying for them. And the Bible says over and over and over that he healed all that came. So, if, so why, why, is that, why is that not true in our lives? So there's lots of questions, but there's also lots of answers. See, we can spend and park our entire life on questions. Well, why didn't this happen? Why did so-and-so die? Why this? Why that? And if we're not careful, we'll, we'll park and we'll give all of our attention on what's not happening in the questions instead of the answers. Because the Bible says Jesus is the yes of heaven. It's not yes sometimes and no with God. It's always yes and amen. And so as we see, I mean, listen, I see so much more healing happening in Jesus' life and ministry than even talking about the issue of sin. I mean, there's at least like five times more healing happening than, than the issue of sin. And so somehow, perhaps maybe because we've majored just as a church, as a body, on sin and forgiveness and heaven, and that is so vital, but maybe we haven't spent so much time on this side of just hearing and contending and growing and meditating and looking at healing because we're called to do that. We are called from this Bible. So it's, to me, it's this. It's either we believe this for me, I either believe this and I contend for it and I stand on it, or I pick and choose. And something inside of me and you tells me that that is not okay. And so this is the position I have, that if I never see another person healed, raised from the dead, demons cast out, if I never see any of that the rest of my days, I will not question what the truth says and what I see in his life. I will believe until the very day I get to the door of heaven and I'll stand before God and I'll say, where did I miss it? Because you were never my problem because I never saw that in Jesus' life. And so very careful to build your doctrine, what you believe, on Jesus' life. What do you see in his life? And so that's, that's, that's who we are as a people. That's who we are as harvest. That's who we are as followers. You're following someone. He said, follow my example. And so not only are we to follow him in in our moral life and in everything God's just transforming in us, as well as we see these gifts and we see the things that God called us to do. And we want to do those. Amen. Awesome. So let's look at Luke 13. Love this story. This has always been one of my favorite healing examples in scripture. Follow me. He was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, a woman, who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was there. And she was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the preacher of the synagogue answered with indignation, because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there's six days on which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on those. Next verse, please. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the sabbath oh my 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 listen first and foremost point you have to see this verse 16 jesus the king says that this woman a daughter of abraham was bound by whom whom satan has bound for 18 years who was at the cause and the root of this woman's sickness And who was at the cause and root of her healing? Come on, we have to get this. We have to get this. There's so many questions. Is it God's will to heal? Does he and why and things that open? But the scripture is so clear. There aren't those questions. We create those questions as we encounter life. And so watch this. Here's the woman, bent over, crippled, deformed, in pain. Where do you find her? She's in church. She's in church, and she's listening to the word being taught. She's listening to the promise of the covenant being taught. She was in the right place. And the Bible says Jesus saw her. My friend, listen, you are in the right place this morning, and Jesus sees you. He's the same. He's the same. And so again, huge point. Satan had bound this woman for 18 years. Now watch this. Jesus says, verse 16, that she ought to be healed. This woman ought to, being a daughter of Abraham, be healed on the Sabbath. Why is there an ought to concerning her life? The kicker here, a daughter of Abraham. You know what that is? Covenant language. Covenant language. This woman as a descendant of Abraham, living under the Old Testament, had blood promises that God had sworn to his people. And so, because of the integrity of who God was, Jesus says, this woman has a word from heaven that she ought to be healed. And so, let's look at that. Can we look at the next verse? I'll give you the example. Look at this, Old Testament promise of the king himself. You shall serve the Lord your God. He will bless your bread and water and I will take sickness away from the midst of you. That is the promise to that woman. And yet, 18 years, here she is. And so what I don't want to do is I don't want to get into the whys. There could be lots of things. Ignorance, she didn't know. Unbelief, sin. We don't know that. But guess what we do know? The truth. The truth is the king said that he will take sickness. It's his will to take away sickness from the midst of that woman. And so Jesus, who lives and breathes covenant, the word of his father, Brings deliverance to her. And so it's amazing that this isn't even an issue in the church among us. It's amazing. If you just look at Jesus' life and no other preachers, no other book, no experience, no other example, you never come away doubting that it's God's will to heal. Let me just give you a simple example. Guys, healing has always been the will of your Creator. Always. Give you a very natural example. Your body is designed by him to heal itself. Come on, think with me. Your body is designed, if it wasn't God's will to heal his people, why would he create our body to heal itself? You cut your finger, what happens? Everything that your body has, all of its resources are being shipped to that one member to repair, to aid, to restore. I wonder if the body of Christ is supposed to look like that. Come on, when one member is hurt, That the members all should have care for one another. Wonder if the body of Christ is supposed to look like that. That when, you know, when one member is hurting, that all of the resource that we have is coming to aid and to respond and to restore. And, you know, this church has that heart. And I've seen it happening here. As families are hurting and are broken and we lose loved ones, I see us standing together. I'm saying, wonderful, let's go higher. And so think about this. We're talking about the natural body. Can't you see your hand as you're walking barefoot and step on glass? Could you see your hand being like, well, who told that foot to go walking around barefoot stepping on glass? (laughs) Do you know what happens when you step on glass? Immediately your hand goes, ah. Immediately your hand reaches to the breach, reaches to that other member. Immediately. That's who you and I are called to be and to look like. In the body of Christ. So we're talking about things in the past. We looked at the Old Testament. We looked at Jesus when he walked the earth. Great, Artem. But what about nowadays? We see Jesus healing everywhere all the time, even in the Old Testament before his time. But what about today? What about now? I'm glad you asked. Look at this next verse. We have Hebrews 8, verse 6, a better covenant established on better promises. Wow, what a verse. We have a better covenant established on better promises. That's amazing. And so listen, God swore over lamb's blood, over goat's blood, as he cut covenant with men, he would swear and say, this is this is what I will accomplish. This is my end of the deal. But now God has not sworn over an animal's blood, Hebrews 8, 9, 10. He has sworn over the blood of the sinless lamb, Jesus. And so I promise you God's not going to break his word. He's not a man that he should lie. His covenant will not change. And so God has sworn, the same God that has sworn and said, I'll remember your sin no more, Is the same God that has sworn over the same blood and said, By his stripes you are healed. So, is it God's will to heal today? This next verse, Matthew 8 17, for me just settles it, guys. It settles it. I want you to read it, it's in your Bible. He, Jesus, took on himself our sickness and carried away our disease. We will jump up and down all morning about the fact that he took our sin. Don't you believe he took your sin? That is just so natural. But what about this verse? The same faith that's required to believe that Jesus pardoned your sin is the same faith required to believe that he took your sickness and pain. The same God, same word, same covenant. Think about this. How many of you guys believe that there's a book called the Lamb's Book of Life? How many of you believe your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life? Let me see your hand. Woo, lots of hands. Have you ever seen the book? Have you ever seen your name in that book? If you can trust him with your eternity, why can't you trust him with your body? Why can't you trust them with your finances? Why can't you trust them with your children? Come on, we give him such a weighty thing. Eternity. How long is eternity? And you're willing to say, yes, quicker the hand of the draw. I'm going. Why is it so hard to trust him in these other areas? It shouldn't be, guys. It shouldn't be. And I'm not up here because I got it all together, but I'm up here because I see it. And I want to encourage us as a body to contend for that and go for that in our personal life. Because what kind of testimony do we have, this woman? Can't you just see her? Oh, God is so good. God is good. And so that's what happens in our lives where sickness and disease and Satan is running havoc. and, And we're trying to give God the glory and we still can. Listen, if we never get healed, God's still good. If nothing ever goes right in your life again, God is good. If there's nothing else he ever does for you, what he's done on the cross is enough. And we ought to live from that place. So good. He's so good. So everything we've examined thus far was before our time. So what I'd like to do is I'd like to give you two modern examples of supernatural healing in the 21st century. Our first comes from a lady I have never met. Can we have that? This is Sister Emma McKinley. And let's just pause here for a second. Um, A friend of mine who was healed by supernatural ability, who had cancer, wrote this book and um, he featured her story. She's all over the internet, everywhere. Um, I just want to read you a couple things from her life. So a quick excerpt. So she was diagnosed with this thing called RSD, reflex sympathetic dystrophy. And it's a terrible condition that's largely a mystery to the medical community, which affects your muscles creating a constant burning sensation as if you're plugged into a light socket. There's no cure for this. Uh, and the pain, you know, they typically say, what's your pain, 1 to 10? She said the pain's off the charts, a 15. She was on 22 kinds of medications, up to 2,000 milligrams of morphine per day. She said her torso was twisted for 15 years, and she literally hung over the side of that weird wheelchair, unable to straighten up. Fifteen years, she was in that wheelchair 24-7 hanging over it, and she did not sleep in a bed. She couldn't eat because of the meds they were giving her. She was on just liquid diet stuff. And it was uh, basically she couldn't sleep because of the pain, so she would be awoke for 72 hours straight until she couldn't take it anymore. She, her body would simply shut down for three hours at a time, and it would be another 72 hours until she would sleep again. And this is how she lived, she says, from 1993 to 2011. Wow. And so I actually misspelled her name. She emailed me these pictures. And it's 1M. But then there was a day where she reached for something. She fell out of that wheelchair, and she laid for eight hours in excruciating pain. And as she lay there, she cried to Jesus. Jesus for eight hours, and she thought this might be the one where she just goes on to, to glory. And she, she tells of a story where Jesus appears in the room and begins to put his hand on those places. She said, for all those years, my left foot had been inverted and crooked. Do you see her foot kind of inverted under the chair? The steel bar would hold her foot, and she felt Jesus, Jesus straightening that foot. He then went to her left hand, which was completely clenched, it had not been open for more than 16 years. She had a club hand. You can see it in the picture. And uh, Jesus began to open her fingers. And when her, her fingers were fully extended, she saw the inside of her hand. Jesus worked on her neck, her spine. She was able to turn on her back, realizing her spine was completely straight. The Lord knelt beside her and offered her his hand. She stood up with him on feet and legs she had not stood on for 18 years. She walked out of the office, she said. I walked out like a drunken sailor, bumping into furniture and walls since those muscles hadn't been used in years. I walked to my kitchen and around my house. God straightened my foot, my hand, my neck, my spine, and I was walking. Soon my two sons and grandsons came home from Chris- for a Christmas party. When my family arrived and opened the door, they saw my empty wheelchair first. Second later, I walked down the hall. When they saw me walking, they were stunned. My grandson had only known crooked grandma in the wheelchair. My son Jason exclaimed, are you kidding? My son Jeffrey turned white, his mouth hung open, and he couldn't speak. I walked up to him and embraced him. Can we have the next picture? There she is. Come on. Glory. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about our God who wants to do this. Come on, he wants to do this. What kind of father would want a daughter in that wheelchair hung over? And he wants to do that. He wants to do that in your body. He wants to do that in those who you see in that condition. Now, that's a story of a woman you and I don't know. But there's someone in our midst who you do know. And so I've asked our very own Pastor Rifle to come share a couple minutes of his testimony. Come on, give him a hand.
0: I have four minutes, so here we go. Autumn said, Pastor Autumn said two very important things. He was talking, one, about sin. You know, sometimes we hammer so on sin. It's sin, and you did this, and you did this. So whether you get sick because of sin or whether you get sick just because the enemy attacks, there's something so much greater than that, which is called grace. So whether you open the door, whether you've been attacked because of your sin, there's a thing called grace, which trumps sin. Which trumps your will to do wrong. That's the goodness of God. So we've got to get that straight. Grace trumps everything. So it doesn't matter why you are sick, God's grace is greater than that, and He is for you. So, uh, second attack of multiple sclerosis, there is no cure. Doctors can tell you there's nothing that they can do for you. You can take injections that can kind of try and ward off the next attack, but. They can't help you. This is you for the rest of your life. So this was in 2005 in Taiwan. I was lying in the hospital bed, and my revelation of healing came in the spiritual realm before it came in the natural. And the problem with that for many is if you don't see it in the natural, you don't believe it. When I see it, when I feel better, then I'll believe that the stripes were really there. And it should be the other way around. Because of the stripes, the healing will be there. So I was lying in the hospital bed, and God revealed to me, we all know the account of the spies, 12 spies that were sent out. And they all come back, and they all have their own little story. Ten of them on one side, two of them on the other side. So what happens is the ten give factual reports. They were not lying. They were giving facts. And sometimes what makes us Christians look ridiculous is that we try and lie. And that's just stupid because the world looks at us and says, you bunch of Christians, just look. Your nose is over here. Someone just hit you. There's blood squirting everywhere. And you as a Christian say, my nose is not broken. My nose is not Your nose is broken. There's blood everywhere. Don't deny the facts. Your nose is broken. You need healing. Okay? So I'm in a hospital bed, doctor comes in, shows me the MRIs, the CAT scans, the plasma tests. The fact is you have MS. That's the fact. Here's the proof. There is no healing. We can show you your brain does not work. This is what a normal brain looks like. Rifle, this is your brain. It doesn't work. See all these holes and lesions? That's just the way it's going to be. That's fact. But the Bible says Jesus calls the Word of God truth. And one definition for truth is the highest form of reality. Okay? Truth means it's the highest form of reality. So what's real? You have MS, your brain doesn't work, you can't walk, you're in a wheelchair, you're bedridden. Fact. Truth is by the stripes of Jesus, which is the highest form of reality, you were healed. Okay, but now that doesn't add up because I'm in a bed, you can't walk. Well, that doesn't change the truth. And today society has changed truth. Every day you wake up, truth is something different, but it's not. Truth stays the same. What was truth in the Garden of Eden is truth today. It does not change. Irregardless of how you see the facts, what is happening, what people are saying is good or bad, truth is the same. So his word is truth. By his stripes, I was healed. Whether I'm lying in a bed and in a wheelchair doesn't change the truth. So what has to happen now is the facts have to line up with the truth, the highest form of reality. So God showed me in that just account of where the spies come back and 10 of them give a factual report. But two of them tell the truth. What was the truth? God already said, this land is yours. There's milk, honey, grapes this size, you know. So they come and two of them tell the truth. And now the other ten and all the people want to stone them for speaking the truth. So when you stand on the truth, get ready for some stones coming. Because <laughs> people don't, that can't be. How can you? You've lost your mind. This can't. You've got a brain. Think about it. And now it's. The difficult thing upon standing on the truth where everything else does not point to the truth being the truth at that stage. So my healing did not come in a minute, didn't come in a day. It wasn't miraculous immediately. It wasn't a week. It wasn't a month. It was more than a year. It took a long time. But praise God, me lying in the bed and saying, okay, well, if the stripes of Jesus paid for this, then I must be healed. And the doctor is no, that can't be true. And I said, well, you don't know what truth is. And she's like, well, look at you, face the facts. And that's where we had a little bit of different opinions. And I respect her opinion. I mean, she's a doctor and she was a marvelous lady trying to help. But my opinion came from a different place than a machine. My opinion came from a different place than an MRI or a CAT scan. Because humans made that. Humans can only go so far. Google can only tell you so much. But there's something so much greater than Google, which you can't just go and push in a word and say, What does this mean? You go to the word and say, What does healing mean? What do these stripes mean? So it was my breakthrough came in the spiritual realm to understand wow, if the truth is that by stripes I was healed, I'm not going to give a factual report and say, I can't walk, I can't stand, I can't move my arms, I can't do anything. I am healed. And day by day, hour by hour, month by month, the facts started changing. And today, the the truth has overtaken the facts. And my sickness and disease, what I had, came through sin. There's no, It wasn't just I opened the door. It was me. But you know what? The grace was so much greater than my sin. So no matter if you are feeling bad, if there's anything broken in your body because of the enemy or because of what you did, his stripes, by His grace, paid for it. And that is the truth today.
7: Come on. Hey! Glory! So here stood a man before you who was in a hospital who couldn't do any, anything he's doing now. He rides a Harley. This lady, Emma, um, she was treated by some of the best doctors, Mayo Clinic, and her very doctor said, listen, as far as my knowledge, I have nothing that I can say that was the result of this lady's healing other than God. This is mayo. Like this is, the, you know, and so, and so my point is, this is the God that you and I say that we serve, and we have to, have to, have to stretch and have our faith on the integrity of his word and what he said. That's what's at stake here. The integrity of his word, he bled and died for us to walk in healing and wholeness. And so when sickness and pain and disease attacks us, that is a dishonor to the finished work of the cross. Listen, it's one thing to have some lady's testimony who we don't know. It's another thing to have somebody we do know, but see, Pastor Rifle is sharing who God is to him and who he knows him to be. But watch this last verse. Can we have the last verse? Something much more precious is when God himself says who he is exodus he says i am the lord who heals you and he says i do not change so here's what i want to do worship guys if you'll just jump up there just put something very light here's what i want to do we don't have much time but if if everything we just saw and heard is truth then the same god who says he's a healer wants to do it again today he wants to do it again today. And so here's my invitation to you. If you believe that God is able this morning and that He is going to heal your body this morning, would you just come to the front? Would you just come and would you just line up? And we're not gonna do a whole lot of long stuff. We're just gonna we're gonna do, he said, listen, be loosed. Be loose from this infirmity. So would you just line up? And the rest of you, before you go, before we dismiss you, if you don't need healing, would you, as the body, lift your hands and stretch your hands towards these precious ones for whom he bled and died for, and just begin to pray like you know how. Just begin to pray how you know how. Come on, like this is your daughter, like this is your brother, like this is your sister, this is your mom and dad up here. Come on, stretch your hand and just begin to pray. Just begin to pray. Come on, begin to pray. Begin to pray like you know how. Thank you, Lord. Got a shoulder thing? Anybody have a shoulder thing? Let see your hand. Be loose in Jesus' mighty name. Be loose in Jesus' name. Or keep your hand lifted. Be loose in Jesus' name. 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 Loosed in jesus name be loosed in jesus name come on just begin to press in now just you and god just you and god take the king and his word come on begin to believe what your eyes can't see what your body can't feel stretch this morning stretch this morning god is good by his stripes you are healed this morning come on by his stripes you are healed this morning That's the truth of the matter. It's the truth of your life. So be loose from your infirmity in Jesus' name. We command all pain to bow to the name of Jesus. We command every sickness, every disease, from fever to cancer, we command it. Bow right now in Jesus' name. Bow your knee now in Jesus' name. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Oh, we thank you. Come on, let's just begin to thank him now. Lift those hands and begin to thank him. Come on, begin to thank him. Say, thank you, Lord, I'm healed. Thank you, Lord, I'm forgiven. Thank you, Lord, you are good. You are good. Thank you, Lord. We just stand on the integrity of your word this morning. We bless your name, God. Come on, be loose in Jesus' name. Listen, we've reached our time. What I want to do is I just want to say, listen, if you have to go, we just dismiss you. Thank you so much for joining us. If you're here up at the front, I just encourage you to keep pressing. This is why you exist. This is why you're here. Lunch can wait. So everybody else, if you got to grab your kids, whatever's got to happen, we dismiss you. We love you. Everyone else, come on, let's just press in. Let's just press in. What do you have to lose? What do you have to lose this morning? This woman bent over in the church 18 years she's been coming 18 years and there was her day jesus saw her and he sees you he sees you this morning he sees you this morning come on thank you lord come on let's press in let's press in let's press in oh we thank you lord Speak healing just like the centurion. You said, Lord, speak your word. That's all we need is your word. Thank you. Let healing flow like a river. Receive this morning, God. We receive this morning. We receive, God, like a little child, the word of our Father. We take you at your word, God. We take you at your word this morning. We take you at your word this morning.